The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Bar. I'm your host, Margaret Mullen. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Diane Jakobowitz, Executive and Artistic Director of DanceWave in NYC. Diane has taught dance to youth and adults of all ages and backgrounds for 26 years at numerous institutions. She founded DanceWave in 1995 with the mission of bringing dance to a broad spectrum of the city youth population, particularly those talented dancers who lack the means to afford pre-professional training. Her main focus has been working with young people and artists in the making and connecting them early to the rigor of high-level performance and exposure to world-renowned dance artists. As executive and artistic director of DanceWave for the past 20 years, she has developed innovative programming to capture the talents and imagination of young dancers. Some of the programs she has developed, in addition to the DanceWave company model, include Dancing Through College and Beyond, the Dance Career Symposium, and the Kids Cafe Festival. Under her leadership, DanceWave currently reaches over 3,000 young people citywide through programs both at the DanceWave School and in partnership with over 10 New York City public schools. She is currently leading the campaign for DanceWave's Capital Project, the opening and launch of a brand new dance center in downtown Brooklyn in 2019. Today we'll be discussing Diane's passion for Dance for All, in particular her program Dancing Through College and Beyond which will return to the 92nd Street Y October 7th and 8th this year. Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate your time and everything that you're doing. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Great. Um, so I just wanted to start off by you've, you have a really incredible uh, resume in teaching dance and um, what made you dive so deeply into development for young dancers? I, I think it's a really good question. And I, um, I what started the organization was, um, you know, I had been a choreographer. I had my own dance company. I had been a professional dancer. I had done all that. And um, I kind of had this moment in my life where I wanted to reach more people, where I felt like I really needed to um, make a bigger difference in the dance world. And at the same time, I was just had a daughter, so I was thinking about young people, and I was thinking about, you know, tomorrow's generation and how they could, how we could make it easier for them. Also, very often, we're all talking about the future of the dance field, and, um, I think I wanted to make a difference for, you know, tomorrow's future and for future generations. And that's, you're in a, quite a dance hub. New York City is you yes. know, kind of a, a mecca in dance, yes. the United States. Did that feel at all intimidating? It's such a big, I mean, New York is so large. There's so many people to help. Did that feel, how did it feel to start what you're doing in New York? <laughs> so I'll say it was much more intimidating to run a dance company um, as a woman in mm-hmm. New York than 
and the struggles that women have, I think, um, sort of rec being recognized in dance, uh, as opposed to doing something which, at the time, and you have to realize that Dance Wave became what it did around the year 2000. A uh, little bit earlier, I, I started in 1995, I started the Kids Cafe Festival, which was a festival for all young people. And at that time, although there was a lot of kiddie dance and there was a lot of, you know, dance for young people, and uh, it wasn't really the same concept as what I had in mind, which is really sort of treating uh young dancers as artists in the making right there and starting a kid's company of kids that is in like every kid can dance and bringing them in as artists rather than like kids you're going to learn from me I'm the great authority and you're just a kid but sort of um, sort of embracing them into the process and giving them a little bit more um, equity in the room. Yeah, that's that's really wonderful. Yeah, it's it's funny the company I dance for. We have a initiative called Discover Dance that touches or that reaches kids from all ages and incomes and backgrounds. And it's it's interesting that I mean your your initiative is twenty years old now, and that was definitely really not a thing back then. It's not a thing then, and that's why I really wasn't intimidated because nobody was really touching this field and actually so what we did was we started this kids company um eventually the kids said don't call it kids company please we're not kids <laughs> call it dance wave company so and dance wave company it is now we have five companies actually wow. um starting from pretty young all the way up through high school juniors and seniors um so yeah it's it's grown and then shortly after i did start kids company i noticed that Almost every major dance studio in New York City started to have um, a young people's um, ensemble. And you know what? That I'm really happy about that because yeah. I think it's, it's given um, a lot of impetus to youth and given them an opportunity to dance and perform. Yeah, that's wonderful. And how did you go about um, reaching out and finding students to be a part of this? Uh, it's a good question. I was teaching at the time. Um, I was teaching at... Long Island University, I was helping start the dance program there, the dance major program. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had students there. And then I was teaching at a private school in Brooklyn and kind of had a following. And then this interesting, very, very interesting thing happened. Um, just about the time when I had this idea, Mark Morris was moving into Brooklyn. And uh, I called him up and asked if he would be willing to let our kids' company learn uh, La Legro, El Pinceroso, and Il Moderato, which is one of his like really, really famous pieces. Oh, wow. And he was kind of like, uh, you know, anyone else I would have said no, but this is such a wild off the chart <laughs> idea. And at that time, right, it, you know, 2000, it was an off the chart idea. Um, and so we had a whole bunch of 13 year olds who learned a section of La Legro and it was fantastic. And, you know, Mark said something that I'll never forget, which is, he said, I, I, I want my dancers to see this. And I said, why? <laughs> Your dancers are amazing. And these kids are 13 years old. And he said, because uh, they have the innocence of uh, youth that I want in the piece. And I was so moved by that, because so often artists are really uh, inspired by young youth. Mm 
in general. And um, it, it helped me understand, too, that when kids do choreography, kids meaning anywhere in the teen years, uh, they bring their own youthism to the choreography. So the choreography doesn't exactly become the same thing that it is on an adult professional body. It become it ha, it's imbued, it's infused with their uh, with their youth, and that's there's something very beautiful about that. Mm-hmm. So in, in a way, when I started that whole idea, I felt it was kind of a collaboration with the choreographer, you know. And since then, we've worked with just about everybody in the modern dance field, and the most successful moments are when the choreographer or the artist teacher really embraces them as who they are and what they bring to the work as opposed to sort of imposing on it and making them try to look like adult professionals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's an interesting collaboration, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a very exciting collaboration. And you're right. It's when you think about when you watch kids dance, the most beautiful thing is the fact that they're really excited. They haven't been <laughs> as as much beauty as professional dancers have to offer. There's also, you know, all of us go through the level of trying to you hit that perfectionistic stage of life and, you're, and it becomes a different animal That's versus right. just the, the raw energy of kids, which can be really exciting on stage for people. That's, so. that's exactly true. I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I was looking, you have quite an extensive staff, too, now. Um, am I understanding right that you have basically 12 teachers for this program? Oh, we have, oh, we have much more than that. We have about 25 teachers. Um, and part of that is that we have both a school at Dance Wave and we have what we call D-Wave in Motion. D-Wave in Motion is all of our programs in the New York City public schools because we're a New York City Department of Ed vendor. So we can we have license to now go into every school, which is fantastic because the schools in New York City are pretty disadvantaged. And even though they could be around the corner from the most incredible dancers in the world, they don't have access to much. And some don't even have gym. Some of them don't even have phys ed programs. So, um, you know, that the city does have this opportunity to give uh, students, uh, public schools, um, the opportunity to to uh, con- contract with Dance Wave and get a dance residency in whatever dance discipline they want. You know, that could be hip hop. It could be ballet. It could be, you know, Afro, Afro-Haitian dance or Chinese dance, whatever it is. Um, we will partner with the school and bring a dance residency. So um, we're actually in all five boroughs now, including Staten Island, and we have 25, at least 25 teachers on staff. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah, I think there's a huge misconception about um, dance or uh, schools investing in dance and and physical education. Um, a lot of people don't realize how valuable it is. Kids need a physical outlet. They have a lot of energy to burn off, and also they need an emotional outlet. They're you know, developing, they're learning a lot of things about themselves, about each other. And it's really, I think, a great thing to have a realm for kids to focus that energy. And it's wonderful that you go into school, so many schools and do that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes in some of these schools, like being able to dance is going to be the highlight of their day, you know, and also give them a moment to like release from all that sitting. <laughs> yes. Sitting it's, in front of a desk, you yeah, know. It's, it's very important. It's a tough one, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I've heard a lot of uh, schools are even cutting recess, which is, you know, just just a little break for them to get out and yeah. expel all that energy from sitting down for so long. Um, yeah, and, and you made a great point. I think a huge thing that we de- still deal with with dance, even with adults, is the inaccessibility idea. 
Um, a lot of people have a certain idea of what it is and a certain idea of what it will cost. And therefore, they never really pursue it. And that obviously ties into people, you know, having kids and maybe not bringing them because they think they won't be able to um, both afford it or, you know, understand it. So it's really great to start working with kids when they're young to teach them that this can be something for them, either as dancers or as patrons, too, which is yeah, I, I mean, you're touching on a lot of things right now that are very dear to my heart. And, and also, well, you know, yes, dance training and professional dance training specifically is expensive. Mm -hmm. So Dance Wave has a whole, like, very rigorous scholarship program. So that is extremely important to um, our school. But I, I would like to actually shift um, because this pertains to... Uh, the mission of dancing through college and beyond. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know this is coming up so soon. I'm excited yeah. to talk to you about it. This, uh, um, this is this is an absolutely free event that is a nationwide event. It's actually worldwide. So any any young person who is in high school or the ages of you know a junior and a senior in high school um, can attend this event for free, and it is a two day event that includes. Uh, Mammoth College Fair. So College Fair is like close to 50 college dance programs from all over the country, right? So right there, um, a kid, any kid from any background can go in and say, hello, oh, you are the, uh, you know, admissions persons or you are the dance chair from Juilliard. I am interested in applying to Juilliard. Hello, my name is Diane, and I'm, you know, pleased to meet you. And I do encourage the dance with kids and all the kids to kind of like really go to all the tables, meet these people, uh, get a chance to talk one on one. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, you know, very often if you don't have money, you don't have the money to fly anywhere in the country and go visit North Carolina, go visit Florida, go visit, you know, Maine or where any dance program is that's not near your home. What happens? At Dancing Through College Beyond now, I mean, this is just recently within the past two years, is now we have an audition. So those colleges who choose to sign up and say, we are going to use this moment as an audition for our dance program, and we're going to sign up to be on a panel, um, will now give these kids a chance to audition for a dance program. And on top of that, the opportunity to get a scholarship. So we started this scholarship idea just like about a year, uh, two years ago. And we, once one college agreed to do a scholarship, well, you know, the other ones <laughs> wanted to do it too, because it suddenly became not just the kids competing to get into college, but you have a room full of colleges looking at some gorgeous dancers who are young <laughs> people and saying, we all want that. And, you know, it's like, in football or soccer, you know how that yeah. goes with scholarships. We want to get that. We want to get that player because he's going to be great on our college football team, and we're going to offer him a scholarship. And another college, College B, is like, well, we want to offer him a scholarship, so we'll offer him a you know a larger scholarship. Well, indeed, like it's so exciting because on a very mini scale, it, that is beginning to happen at, at Dancing Through College and Beyond. So you can actually. Go to this event, go to an audition, get accepted by more than one college, and actually, um, maybe a college that you hadn't thought to apply for mm. sees you dance and actually offers you, and that's happened, um, offers you a scholarship like out of the blue, you didn't expect to, 
you know, that that college would even be interested in you. Um, and we've had some like really touching stories of kids who've been, you know, had colleges reach out to them proactively. Like that is a kind of an unheard of mm-hmm. situation. And, um, you know, honestly, a lot of the kids at Dance Wave um, don't have the money to pay for, um, you know, a full dance training. And for them to be able to go to this audition, get recognized by a college and have this door open for them is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just so blown away by this whole initiative. It's such it is such a revolutionary idea of really turning the tables and putting more power in the dancers hands because it can, yeah, it can be so difficult as a as a low income dancer, like you said, dance is very expensive. And that's, it's dear to my heart, because I, that's something I grew up with, I was very low income growing up could only afford even for ballet summer programs to go if I had a full scholarship, that was the condition I couldn't go unless that was happening. And I remember at the time of thinking about, you know, do I go to college? Do I go to universities? How do I get to all these places, even to audition and be seen? I can't even afford to take the first step. So the fact that you are giving them a chance to do that and then also access these scholarships is incredible. Yeah. And I think it's important because it's it's about time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're there's a lot of things going on in this country about equity, diversity and in, inclusion. And I think um, it's really important that we sort of like level the playing field so that the opportunities that do come out of college are being offered to more than just the elite. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um to be able to open the field wide open and also ensure for the dance field that we have people coming in who are um, college educated and having that dance intelligence going out into the universe, going out into the universe mm-hmm. with um, their college degree and their dance experience. You know, we can make a big difference in the world. And I think that's what one of the panels um, actually at Dancing Through College and Beyond is called Careers in Dance. And we're looking to really like have a very wide spread of people who are like dance videographers, dance photographers, dance and wellness, you know, dance and writing, dance and um, dance and architecture, dance and social uh, social causes. Mm-hmm. There's um, so many dancers out there who have that dance background and have kind of you know gone into different fields, but are still using that dance experience and so we have this panel um, also to give the kids and the parents the opportunity to see that if you go to college and you dance in college that doesn't mean you're not going to get a job <laughs> that there's like ways to you know use that dance degree and still get a job because you know as you know as a dancer that the skills you have are terrific job skills. So being focused, being disciplined, being, you know, committed, being a team player, being, you know, just a hard worker is all of these things come out of our dance training. And I think that uh, we need to, again, turn that paradigm around upside down, that starving dance artist (laughs) thing that is out there. And, you know, that's got to go. We've got to really like be clear to the world that what we have, this we also are healers. We understand how to get along and we understand that through movement often trauma can disappear, you know, upset can disappear, you know, and that maybe the world needs us a little bit more. So I just think it's kind of a step in this direction of having our young people be empowered, have the opportunity and also not feel like they have to stop dancing because it's college, that there's that there's something to gain from that. And particularly if there's a lot of joy in dancing, then, you know, 
then they shouldn't stop. And that doesn't mean that every person has to major in dance. That might not be for everyone, but it certainly could mean that they can continue dancing on some level in college. And for a lot of kids, that's a new idea. And certainly for a lot of parents who are scared about their kids not getting a job, it's good for them to be at this event because they start to see that dance is not like a pigeonhole thing where you are all trying to get into dance companies and we all know those jobs are very small, mm-hmm. <laughs> limited, limited, right? You know, your opportunity, and also that the performer's life is not the longest and so you know parents are naturally worried particularly in these these times when uh finance and you know economics are like driving this country um in in all kinds of crazy ways um people are scared and so they that what the way this affects our field is that people are reluctant to go into dancing and yet we know how rewarding it is, you know, on an emotional, personal level to have that in your life. So I think what this does is it opens up these options for young people to see that, you know, dancing is a viable thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, you're going to be focused on just performing. It might mean, you know, you're looking at a lot of options, but to totally, you know, cut it out of your life is not necessary. Yeah. And also just what an incredibly powerful, di- powerful idea to think that, now here's this place where um, you know we, you've developed something that can shift the idea of oh you know maybe I maybe my kid shouldn't even be dancing to oh dance could pay for my kid's college. There you go. <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> that's the idea. That's the idea. Yeah. and that's exciting. I mean, I've seen actually a lot of parents light up at you know these panels because they are scared, mm-hmm. and they when they see like. You know, you see a room full, and I'm sure you've experienced this yourself. Like you be, you'll be somewhere, and you're with a, a group of people, and they've all gotten a degree in dance, and they all have jobs, you know, in some way or another, and it's related to the dance field. You know, mm-hmm. it could be dance arts administration, but it's still being connected to dance, and it's furthering, you know, our fields. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, one of my dearest friends who's really passionate about um, education in schools in New York, also Nell Shelby, she is a oh, no, yes, of yeah, course. she's an incredible dance filmmaker now, but she has an extensive dance background yes. herself, and it took her in a whole different direction she never expected. And here she is making her living around dance, but in a totally different way. And that's a perfect example. I mean, look at what she's doing. She's doing brilliant work. She's serving the dance community. She has not left the love of her life, and she's adding to it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's actually doing really good in the universe because all of her beautiful videos go out to a wide audience who then get more enchanted with dance. And I think that's what I mean about it really sort of serving the greater interest. And I think if we can keep thinking in those ways, our young people can also keep dancing and finding new areas to bring their dance to, because I think the world needs us. And I think we have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of healing and good things to bring to to a planet that's, uh, you know, in a bad shape right now. Oh, I, I completely agree. I, I'm lucky to have a lot of uh, dear friends in Seattle that aren't dancers. And every time I bring them to a show or times I've even gone with them to see a dance show that I wasn't in, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch people that have no experience with dance have this completely transformative time where they're taken out of whatever kind of day they've had and they're you know sitting at a desk at their job and all of a sudden they're sitting in an audience being transported somewhere that they wouldn't have been otherwise. 
Yeah, it's so true. It is so true. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, and you, it's coming up very soon. So there's still an opportunity for more people yes. to take advantage. So let, me just, let me just do a little plug because yeah, for it. I, um, I do want um, any young, I don't know if there's young people that are listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure who this is. Yeah, we have, we have quite, a, quite a few young people. So um, That's great perfect. because if you are listening and you are a junior or a senior in high school, like go you you can go to the Dance Wave website and click the dancing DTCB or Dance Wave, um, the Dancing Through College and Beyond button, and that will bring you. We also have a Facebook page for Dancing Through College and Beyond, uh, twenty seventeen, and it's free. It's absolutely free. You can um, the audition costs ten dollars, and the only reason for that is because. We want to make sure people show up. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's an it's a commitment for So um, it's October 7th and 8th. It takes place at the 92nd Street Y. Um, and it's in collaboration with Dell, the Dance Education Laboratory. So it's, uh, it's a fantastic event. And like I said, there'll be close to 50 colleges there. So, you know, if you're applying for college and you're, it, you're looking at dance in college, this is an important moment um, to be involved at, at this event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for, you know, this is in New York, and that makes it easier for people in New York, but I would definitely urge uh, people to travel to this. This is the kind of event that you really can't, you know, find anywhere else, because you're going to find perhaps so many of the places that you were already thinking about, thinking about auditioning for anyway, all in one place at one time. And so it's really, I think, worth the investment to make a trip to attend this event so that you don't have to make trips all over the country. (laughs) Well, you know, I just want to tell you also that um, we're in conversation with the school. I'm not, I can't tell you right now, but we are in conversation with the school in California and we are, Looking at the idea of doing an event similar to this out in California. So there is a possibility that uh, folks on the West Coast um, might have maybe even within a year an opportunity to go to an event a little closer to you. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah, and and it's funny when I was reading the description about this event too, um, you know, you, there, there's a discussion of networking with colleges, but it's also mentioned networking with other students. And I think that's a really beautiful thing too, because again, as, as a, you know, low income dancer myself, I remember a lot of times feeling like I didn't meet a lot of people that were in my position and it kind of made me feel very alone sometimes, you know, I was having a very different experience about how, what it meant to, to dance. And I think that's great that, you know, you're not, they're not only getting an opportunity to kind of be one-on-one with people that are going to affect their future in a big way as far as being welcomed into a college, but also meeting other students that might end up at the school with them and are going through similar things about their own background. Yeah. In fact, um, one there's a, uh, one point I'm trying to remember if it's Saturday or Sunday, there's, we have these peer to peer sessions. And so those are kids who are either current students. We have a bunch of alum from different colleges and we have like them in pods. So they're small groups, not intimidating at all. In fact, uh, when these kids talk to their peers, they're much more influenced by their peers than very often they are by an adult. So, 
I've had kids say, well, you know, I went to the college fair, but actually it was in the peer to peer session that I got really turned on because these, you know, kids from Ohio State were telling me how great it was. And I just knew that was the place I wanted to go. So, you know, it's a kind of, there's a lot of different kinds of discussions going on. You know, there's the very adult discussions, um, but there's also these peer-to-peer groups that are happening. There's a financial aid panel, which I think the the parents really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a careers and dance panel, really sort of thinking beyond college. There's on Saturday night, a performance where uh, some of the college dance programs perform. Um, And then, you know, we have the auditions and some uh, other classes going on, like an injury prevention class, a somatic anatomy class um, that are are just interesting and informative classes for for people to take. So it's, it's it's a great opportunity to just inform yourself 360 degrees about dance life in college and dance opportunities. Yeah, I mean, this sounds just like a very beautiful event. I'm just completely blown away. And it, I mean, this is the kind of thing, too, I think, you know, even taking college out of it, we that we could use more of this kind of event of bringing people together and learning and how much can we learn about the dance world versus just our very narrow scope of how we are personally trying to make it in the dance world. It's right. very powerful experience. And, and also, like you said, for those parents too, that's gotta be a really wonderful thing for, there's a lot of parents that, uh, you know, their kids dance or kids have danced all their lives, but they still don't know a lot about what it means to, for their child to be entering this world. And if they're going to be, like you said, if they're going to be taken care of, it can be very scary. So yes, the, the ability for them to learn, from you know people that are speaking at this event but also getting to know each other a little bit is i think a really wonderful thing i agree and i think you know part of it is really for the parents parents can get really really frightened about the whole experience of sending their kids to college and so i think it's it's for both there's stuff for both the dancers and their parents it's it's uh, Mm -hmm. it's calming in that sense because i think it sort of is a really good reality test about what's what's what they can expect yeah, yeah, especially work, like you said, working against the stereotypes of the starving artist aspect, and also it's true. You know, dancers, it, dancers' careers are very short. It's not really sustainable to have a narrow vision of what we do because our bodies are complicated things and don't always make it that long. So, I that's intimidating for parents and for students as well going into the field. So. Yeah, so you see someone on the panel who is like my age or like, you know, older and who's been teaching all their life. And then, you know, some light bulbs go off like, oh, okay, I could be teaching. That could be a career, you know. I could be, you know, doing dance, uh, some kind of dance healing. Like it could be any kind of body working, Mm -hmm. you know, like just there's so many different fields within dance just having to do with massage and, you know, Alexander techniques and Laban's, you know, mm-hmm. there's just, you know, an enormous, uh, I think people are just not aware of the different, you know, arenas they can go into with that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I've noticed too that uh, physical therapy has become a really, really um, popular thing for dancers to transition into. My best friend, actually, we grew up dancing together. She's currently a physical therapist. Um, two of my past students are currently working into school to become physical therapists themselves because they realize they have this understanding of the body and they have a passion for dance. And now they're thinking, 
maybe I don't want to, you know, dance professionally, but I feel really good about helping other dancers do that. So why don't I get this education to help them and I can still enjoy dance myself too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're yeah, that, that's really exciting. So you said October 7th and 8th? Yes. Great. Yeah, and I'll make sure um, with this episode, with the info, I'll have a, make sure there's a link to your page about it. Okay, great. So, great. Yeah. Thank you. Great, of course. And I was looking, too, at your website for DanceWave, and I'm, I'm really impressed also that you are a, you know, women-run organization. That is so rare. Women run, women led. Like it's just you know it kind of just happened that way, and then we kind of were, yeah, we like this, and actually <laughs> we're getting a lot done, and we're all getting along, and we've been working um, very hard on the culture, mm-hmm. and DanceWave has recently been developing something called the DanceWave Culture Model, which is something that we uh, had a, tr- a three day training about. Uh, strategies for young artist citizens. Um, our, our teaching methodology, our way of working with young people, um, we did a training at the end of August for all of our teachers and then we started to get a lot of uh, requests from public school teachers who want to bring dance into their curriculum, for dance teachers who are teaching in the public schools, for just dance dancers who were learning how to teach. And a lot of this uh, dance wave culture model um, is based on teaching with restorative practices, youth development practices, restorative meaning, um, how do you restore someone's good faith back in the group, in the community, without being authoritarian and saying, you were bad, you were late, you missed too many rehearsals, and so you're a bad person, but kind of really saying, well, okay, so this happened, Um, so how do you feel about it, and how can we restore your good faith back into the room, to this community of young people? people who are on your in your company for example um so you know we talked a lot about that there's a lot of participatory um activities of of how to deal with young people and in in both discipline classroom management um and sort of basing success on sel or social emotional learning factors so um kind of opened up uh, a lot of new thinking at dance wave and of course as soon as you start talking about how you deal with young people. It also relates to your own life and how you're dealing with your staff. And and so it's very holistic because, you know, just being dealing um, fairly and with equity and as a community in a company, in a dance company, really means that you can bring that those practices in dealing with your administrative staff and dealing with your teaching staff and um, so it's been um, a really kind of provocative and eye-opening experience for all of us um, on the DanceWave team to kind of develop this um, this DanceWave culture model and you know we're still growing it but it's been very inspiring and um, with our companies in particular we're really using this um, as a model and as a guide for how we run the dance companies uh, at DanceWave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it is such an interesting idea, and I think it's getting harder to navigate, but as the as generations change, um, dance has always been a very strict art form, and it requires a lot of discipline, but at the same time, you know, who knows teenagers that particularly love to be really, really sternly told, you know, exactly what to do all the time, not a lot of people. Right. So it's, it's, I think, a great thing to start thinking about that idea a little differently because 
again, you know, kids now are exposed to so much more and they want to explore so much more. So how do you keep them invested and, you know, wanting to be a part of that, this disciplined art form without alienating them in a way? Yeah, and letting them have a little bit of a more of a voice in their own education. So not to say that they are running things, mm-hmm. but perhaps um, allowing them to own their experience a little bit more. So it's not, you know, and as I'm sure you were studied ballet all your life, yep. you know, as did I. And, you know, that as wonderful as ballet is, you know, it's very much right and wrong and white and black and mm-hmm. good and bad. And I think we're, what we're trying to do is get a little bit out of those dichotomies and sort of give a little bit more empowerment to the student, a little bit more ownership of their own experience. Um, and then not to say that the challenge, that the discipline goes away, but sort of putting some of that discipline in their hands mm-hmm. and letting them see how maybe when they are late, letting them actually see how that may not work for them mm-hmm. or missing a rehearsal. But, you know, sort of, again, putting it on them to see um, how it affects them and their peers when, you know, they're needed in a rehearsal, for example, and they're not there. And um, rather than punishing them, actually having them see um, and sort of own up to it. And um, it's been really successful, actually. Um, and I think it gives the kids a greater sense of, you know, owning their dance company. It's their dance company. And um, that's kind of exciting because it, it's it's empowering them to take it to another level and be able to, um, you know, I think kind of leave Dance Wave with a stronger sense of um, their capability um, in the world. So it's, um, and it's, it's a lot the way that a lot of education is going now. So it's, it's exciting, you know, just to put it into practice. And dance is always one of the best places to try out these things because <laughs> it's a physical human sport. And we are dealing with human beings in a community very, in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having them have the opportunity to emotionally connect with if things are going well or not, you know, when, when they do feel like this is theirs, they're going to want it to go well. They want this, this thing to succeed. And when it doesn't go well, it will, you know, resonate with them in a different way. Um, they're going to feel sad if it doesn't succeed. That's right. And let it, let that, let it come from them rather than you making them feel bad. You know, it's just, uh, I think it resonates a little deeper that way. Yeah. And I love the idea too of environment, especially again, coming back to, you know, here you have this, this organization being run by women. I think that's really a powerful thing for young women in dance because I think it's always harder for men to get started in dance. It's always kind of a (laughs) difficult transition to get into, but once they're going, it's, the dynamic shifts where it's then harder usually for women to be in dance in the way that there's just so many more of us. Right. And it's really easy, I think, to fall into that pattern of feeling um, kind of disposable in a way. You know, you, we put that pressure on ourselves. Like if we're injured and we're not there, we feel like we're going to be forgotten or, you know, all these, all these things, there's always going to be somebody else because there's a million girls in every dance audition that's going to take your place if you're not able to give a certain thing that's required. So it's nice to have an idea that, you know, giving young people a more reflective point of view where they can say, you know, kind of stand up for themselves emotionally and say, you know, I might might not be this, 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 but I'm still relevant and I can take control of my environment. 
instead of feeling at the whim of, you know, whoever is in charge at the moment. Yeah. And I also feel actually, you know, in relation to what you say, because I've had those feelings when I was younger. And when they're a dance wave in, in a company, it's, it's very important to me that everyone in that room knows how important it is that they are who they are bringing what they bring and that not only they know that but everyone around them appreciates and has that respect for everybody in the room that is so important to me and it is so important to a sort of our whole idea at dance wave is to is to make people feel that they do count and that um in a sense we do one-on-ones with every all the kids in the company uh, with goal setting. So they have targeted learning goals. And that could be anything from like, I want to do five pirouettes to I want to walk into rehearsal without an attitude. (laughs) So it could be any of those goals. And then what those goals are is supported by the the coach. Um, And we get a chance to talk about it. They meet once a month in something called a regroup session where they are talking with each other and it's like team building and they could be talking about anything. They could be talking about injuries. They could be talking about how difficult rehearsal has been lately. They could be talking about how to balance uh, rehearsals and homework, for example. And um, what it does is it just gives the company and the the team of young people that are working together, a sense of community, sharing, bonding, you know, in a non-dance experience, in talking, hearing, listening to each other. And um, again, sort of finding those moments where they can support each other rather than feel competitive with each other, rather than feel angry or resentful of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Sort of having those moments where they once again can break down those barriers and understand that they are a team essentially and working together for this, you know, for a greater good, Mm -hmm. which is the dance that they're about to learn. Right. So, yeah. I mean, when you, when you have a greater respect and, sense of responsibility for your place in an environment it really makes you reflect on the people around you more too automatically and gives i think that's a great way to create respect within a group because you're consciously thinking about okay what do i need to do to make this great and you look around and say okay what is this person doing what is that person doing to contribute the same way so that's really yeah great initiative (laughs) yeah Absolutely. And how many shows a year do you put on with DanceWave? Wow. Okay. So we have um, the school itself puts on um, something uh, in December, which we call a holiday fiesta. Uh, (laughs) And those are about five performances because we have that many kids. And then we do a big one again in the spring, which is our spring season, spring celebration. And our companies perform, but also all of our classes. And now we're beginning to invite some of the schools, like two schools or three schools that we do our um, D-Wave programming in the public, uh, the public schools that we have residencies in. And we invite them to, to join as well. But once you're in one of the dance companies at Dance Wave, we are always looking for opportunities. So we get invited to do performances at Perry Dance, or we get invited to do a performance um, at a a festival. Um, And when things come up, we grab them because I think 
um, it's really great for the kids to perform. They get so much out of it and it really pumps them up and it pumps them up as a company. They get very, um, and they get stronger as performers. I mean, we've been very fortunate because we've worked with um, an amazing roster of world-renowned artists. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier about Mark Morris, mm-hmm. but we've worked, we've learned uh, Paul Taylor work, you know, we've worked with, we've worked with Ron Brown, with Camille Brown, We've worked with Twyla Tharp. We've worked with uh, Larry Kegwin. We've lear- worked with. Um, we're going to be working, learning a Trisha Brown piece. We had worked, uh, learned a Trisha Brown piece many years ago. Uh, so many amazing artists. Um, we've been invited to perform at Jacob's Pillow like four times. Oh wow! It's a huge honor. Um, I took the top company to Scotland one year to perform in the Aberdeen Youth Festival, and uh, we got an opportunity to perform at uh, Rockefeller, uh, the Picantico Hills, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation. So um, they've had some really, you know, amazing opportunities to perform, and I, I actually, when it comes up, we will try to make it happen. So they perform a lot. The, particularly the top company will, you know, perform maybe 15 times a year. That's incredible. And what and another great opportunity for young people. A lot of a lot of even teenagers don't get to get on stage maybe more than once a year, depending on where they're training. So that's huge. And the fact that there's also a possibility of travel and seeing a different part of the world yes. as you're doing it is remarkable. And I also saw, too, on your website that um, there's going to be a new dance center in downtown Brooklyn in 2019. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that's the other big news. Um, although, you know, it's not for those of us who's been following or been a dance wave, it's not news because let me tell you, this has been going on for a long time. It's a city funded project, which means oh. that it's been about um, very, very slowly moving forward. Um, it's been years, but the good news is we've actually broken ground and they are um they've you know they've they've started to do demolition on the building we are all so excited beyond excited um the new dance center will have two spaces as opposed to the one we have um that is divided by a movable wall that will open up into a big space that will be both a big studio and a small performance space um for about 100 people and that is so exciting yeah and so um you know we're getting ready for that, but it's going to be still approximately two years before the uh, construction is going to be done because, like I said, you know, it's being run by the city, so we're a little bit out of control in the um, in the way that it moves forward. But, you know, I'm still, I'm very heartened because it's it's been a long time coming, and of course, this is a great moment for Dance Wave. Yeah, and how, how exciting to have to have the city investing in a new dance space in that way. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. It shows that it is possible to get to connect this connect city and perseverance will get you everywhere. Yes, yeah, and in the grand scheme, you know, labor labors of love always take a while. <laughs> so. It's and in dance, that is very much a true. I mean, you know, as you said, there are some people, like some men, who've come into the dance world and sort of shot to the top. But as a rule. I don't think dance is a quick, easy gain. Um, it's a very disciplined art. It takes so much 
work and commitment on a regular basis. Um, dance is not like reading a book. You don't read it, put it in your pocket and say, I did that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's in the now. Dance is in the now. And it's only as good as you are now dancing. Right. So it's um, that takes a, an enormous amount of rigor and commitment from from the the dancer and i think that's what makes dancers such special people because in this age of the internet and everything is at a button here is an art form that relies on your body and your body only and your commitment to being inside of that and both bringing um you know beauty and joy to the world but also to yourself um and to others around you so it's to me a very beautiful beautiful way of uh, bringing up young people, whether or not they're going to be professionals or not, because it keeps them authentic and keeps it keeps one in touch with your humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think more than ever now, that is a really important thing. Oh, yeah, that's so, so perfectly said. Yeah, it's it is. It's so true. We're in an age of instant gratification in so many ways. And it's so rare to find something that can be a part of your life that is really a lifelong investment, truly. Right, right. So I'm very proud that, you know, I'm a dancer. I'm, I'm proud that I'm in a community of dance people who have that commitment because that, that makes us kind of special. It's something that, you know, as the world gets more and more into their fingertips and the screen, uh, we will have this ability to access, you know, that that um, that whole training that we've had, and that that's never going to go away. It's oh, wonderful. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and I, when I was checking out the website, I do see that you have a support link. Um, how can people help DanceWave? Oh, we so can use the support and I, I thank you for bringing that up. Uh, you can uh, always support Danceway. There is a, a donate button on the website. Um, if you want to support Dancewave, you can write to me, Diane at dancewave.org. Um, you can always mail a check. You can always do online donations um, on the website. There's ways to, to make an online donation. Now more than ever, um, our efforts are really needed um, because of the capital project mm-hmm. and the enormous amount of um, work and um, just funding that we're needing to kind of complete the project and how the capacity of the organization is going to really expand with the new with the new building. Um, so support is greatly appreciated, as well as um, supporting our scholarship fund, which is helping young dancers have professional training, pre-professional training at DanceWave um, on a scholarship. We usually can give five to six full ride scholarships, but anyone who wants to support young people in their pre-professional training, they can do so by supporting DanceWave. Um, That's where the money will go is the scholarship fund or to our capital campaign. That's yeah, that's great. I mean, so many, so many dancers really wouldn't be dancers without the support of scholarships, uh, myself included. And I have a friend that uh, started on actually through a dance in school initiative. He dance came to his school, he learned about it there. 
and then has gone on to become a professional, but it was through people being able to come in and teach him dance just when he was in elementary school and then being able to be offered a scholarship to keep going. So I would definitely urge people to support that. (laughs) It's wonderful. I mean, you know, if you go into dance and you decide you want to teach or if, you know, now um, there's a lot more consciousness of disabled, of challenged, you know, sort of physically and mentally challenged people, people are looking at how can these, how can we help people like that? And it's just time and time again, um, you know, now there, I'm sure you're aware there are like several dance companies in uh, this country uh, where they are, you have physically challenged people. um, I I know there's one access that comes to my mind that perform on wheelchairs, you know, mm-hmm. and people that are, you know, going to, to physical therapy, like you mentioned, or dance therapy can work with people like that and bring the joy, their joy to other people and um, have them have a physical dance movement experience, however limited that might be. Uh, but still, it's within the realm of dance because everyone can touch dancing in some way. And I think when we realize that, it also brings us all, you know, a little bit closer together. I agree. Well, on that beautiful thought, <laughs> I feel like we've talked about so many incredible things. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to share with the my audience about Dance Wave or anything that you're hoping for future dancers to know? Uh, I want to thank you for this beautiful interview and um, to let all dancers know that they are always welcome to come to Dance Wave. We're at 45 4th Avenue in Brooklyn and come in, stop by and say hello. Um, write to me, diane at dancewave.org if you have any questions or you have a challenge that you're trying to work through, I mean, I'm happy to respond. Come to Dancing Through College and Beyond. Um, come find out more about what's happening at Dance Wave. And if you want to be a part of it, there's so much room for all of us to kind of, you know, jump in and, and make this world a better place. Well, I'm excited for my next visit to New York, whenever that will be in the next year, because I'm definitely going to have to come pay a visit. <laughs> Margaret, I'd love to I'd love to meet you in person. Got us. Yeah, likewise. And I've got to see all this in action. So absolutely <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time and um, really best of luck with everything. You're doing incredible work. And thank you. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Beyond the Bar. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.